Hello, this is Michael James King coming to you from beautiful round town, USA, where a young man called his mother and announced excitedly they had just met the woman of his dreams. Now what should he do? His mother had an idea. Why don't you send her flowers and on the card invite her to your place for a home-cooked meal? He thought this was a great strategy and arranged the date a week later. His mother called the day after the big date to see how things went. The evening was an utter disaster, he moaned. Why? Didn't she come over? Oh, she came over, but she refused to cook. (laughs) This is yet another edition of God's Love Club, the podcast that talks about God's divine love and what it means for you today. We, as always, are giving a shout-out to spirit-led believers everywhere and greeting them with a holy kiss. We confess Jesus Christ as our risen Lord and Savior, thanking him for his sacrifice on Calvary, and look forward to his soon appearing in the clouds. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that your Holy Spirit will lead and guide us as we speak to your people. We ask for revelation to be delivered to their hearts and to their souls and to their minds, and that you give them a spirit of understanding that will rest upon them the rest of the week. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, my co-host with the Spirit-Led Most is the lovely Christy Smith, the darling of Roundtown, USA. Christy is happy and well-adjusted in beautiful downtown Roundtown, where she believes without limits, prays for her families and friends unceasingly, and treats everyone with loving-kindness. The title of this podcast today is The Former Things. Hi, Christy. How are you? Hi, I'm happy and well-adjusted. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy, but I'm not sure I'm (laughs) well-adjusted. It's a beautiful day in Roundtown. Spring is coming. You can hear the different birds than we usually have in the winter. Exactly. It's a beautiful place to be. We're going to talk about the former things today. And the premise that we're coming from is that once you are a new creation in Christ or becoming a new creation in Christ... The former things have passed away. Mm -hmm. You're not bound by your old habits. You're not bound by your old mistakes. You're not bound by what people think of you. You're a new creation, or at least you're becoming a new creation after you've repented Mm -hmm. of your sins and asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and be your personal Lord and Savior. What do you think about that, Christy? That's really important truth because so often we get stuck on and stuck by the things that are in our past, the things that we've dealt with, past traumas, past ideas, past experiences, past perceptions of how life is supposed to be, what God's going to do, what God's going to not do, the nature of God. We can get so stuck on what is past. In this season that we're in, God is in the business of bringing to the earth a foretaste of the new heavens and the new earth. And one of the defining markers of the new heavens and new earth is that the former things will not be remembered. So we step into something that's new. Jesus says, behold, I make all things new. I used to think of that as like a one-time act. Boom, everything's new. Everything's perfect. We've arrived. But when you really look at the nature of God and his desires for humanity, he created people with an innate desire to create, to build, to learn, to advance, Those aren't things that belong to our sinful nature. Those are things that belong to our godly nature, because that's the way God is. When God created, he was so 
creative. <laughs> he had such vast uniqueness in everything that he made. I think he really loves the idea of creating, making things new, expanding. He just loves that whole thing. And that's how he made us. So when we step into the new heavens and new earth and all things are made new, our sin nature goes away. Everything from the past goes away. But what we're left with is this desire to move forward, this desire to grow, this desire to learn, this desire to mature. So I think when all things become new, it's not a one-time thing. And then from then on, we sit around perfectly on a cloud playing a harp for all eternity. I think what we do is we get rid of our sinful nature and we step into the newness that's an ever-growing, ever-increasing thing. When he makes all things new, I think that means all things are continually becoming new. We continue to grow. We continue to grow into the likeness of him and in maturity in Christ. It's not something that we ever arrive at. We're striving to become like the nature of God, which we're never going to attain, but it's an eternal work and an eternal journey that's beautiful. So what we need to do is step into that and get rid of the things that are past, because when we hold on to anything in the past, an idea, an experience, a relationship that God wants us to let go of, and we don't move forward, we can't step into the fullness of everything that God has for us. Amen. And God has a lot for us. The truth is that many people are living in the past while trying to go towards the future. And their present is suffering for it. Mm. Many of us have made real mistakes in our past lives before we became Christian. We've done things that were not right. And they've affected us and they've affected others. And we need to understand that when we accept Jesus Christ, he cleanses us from all unrighteousness through his blood. Because God no longer sees us when he looks at us he sees Jesus Christ. Right. And the righteousness of his son is put in place of our sinful nature. But when we don't let go of the past, or when we let the past influence our present, we don't really take full advantage of the forgiveness that God has given us. Mm. We live in a kind of quasi-state of half-saved, half-damned. And we allow the things of our past to prevent us from coming into the fullness and stature of Jesus Christ. And this is why the former things must pass away. And how do you do that? Well, there's various methods. The best method is just to get near God. When you're in God's presence, the former things tend to flee away because the former things a lot of times are not godly, they're yeah, demons. exactly. And so as you come into the light, the darkness naturally fades away very quickly. You can go to counseling. There's nothing wrong with counseling, mm -hmm. but that tends to be a band-aid over a fundamental problem that never gets dealt with. You can take drugs that are anti-anxiety drugs, and sometimes that's necessary. But again, that's more of a band-aid over a root problem that is still present even though you're feeling better. Right. The thing is that when we live in the past, we cannot move into the future. And the former things that hold us back are not only affecting us, but they're affecting all those who God wants to reach through us. Thus, when we're spending our time feeling badly about what we used to be or how we used to be or acting in ways that we used to act, we're not allowing God to live his life through us. Right. We're preoccupied with something other than him. And that's not a good thing because the time is short. If it's not short for the world, it's short for you mm -hmm. because you have limited days on the earth and you need to make yourself available to do as much of what God wants to do as possible. 
Yeah, and there's a lot of things from the past that hold us back. I like what you say, that it affects your present because your past is preventing you from moving into your future. And really, we're called to only live in the present. We're created to only live in the present. So when we're in the present and we're spending all our time worrying about the future, we're messing up the peace and the joy that's available to us in the present. We also only experience the presence of God in the present. If we're in the present thinking about something that might happen next week that's scary, we're not dealing with that scary thing with the presence of God with us. Because the presence of God is only now. If we're in the present moment and we're regretting something in the past or we're thinking about something bad in the past or even something good in the past, we are focused on something that is where God is not. Because where God is, is in the present moment. He is in us and he is a God of now. He's a God of the present moment. He has the future in his hands. He has the past taken care of. But how he ministers to us, how he connects with us is in the present moment. So the things in the past whether they're good or bad, can often hold us back from what we have available in the present, which is going to lead to a beautiful future, which ultimately will just be the present. We have to let go of past traumas. We have to let go of anything from the past that God told us to let go of, whether it's a location that we used to live in, whether it's a ministry that we used to do, whether it's a relationship that wasn't good for us that he wants to move us out of. We have to let go of sometimes our dreams, even our hopes and our plans for the future that were in the past that weren't completely from God. If he wants to change the direction that we think our life is going, we need to let go of that and move forward in what he has. We also have to let go of our past notions about God. As God is making all things new, he is also recreating in our spirits a true understanding of him. And when we receive that true understanding of him, the old things fall away. And I know a lot of people say, well, no, there's a scripture that says, I, the Lord, do not change. That's very true. He doesn't change. The innate nature of God, the the characteristics of God, who he is, never changes. But look at how he manifested himself in the Old Testament compared to how he manifested himself in the New Testament. That looks like almost a completely different God because of the holiness and the demands that he put on humanity to demonstrate their need for a savior in the Old Testament compared to the grace and the mercy and the love that came through Jesus in the New Testament. It seems like almost completely different God. I've even heard people say the God of the Old Testament versus the God of the New Testament. It's the same God. It's just a different manifestation. So we need to understand that just because God does not change and he doesn't, that the way that he manifests himself or the way he wants to move on the earth or the way he wants to move in your life might change. God is not a static God. And I don't believe the plans that he has are static because he's allowing people to have free will. So if he calls me to a particular street corner to meet somebody and he calls somebody else there and there's supposed to be an interaction that he wants to have happen and I don't go, even though I feel prompted to go, that person may show up, may not have the interaction that they were supposed to have because I didn't obey. God will bring somebody else. Maybe it won't be that day. Maybe it won't be that intersection, but there'll be some other way that he'll work his will. So there might be times when God calls you to go do something, and then he calls you to go do something else, and you're sensing the spirit. It's not that you are missing it. It's just that God moves, and he's always moving, and we can't be static. We can't be stuck in our own understanding and in our perceptions of how things are supposed to go because he's making all things new. That's part of letting go of that past and following God moment by moment. Because he's a God of the moment, we have to listen to him and obey him in the moment. That's very true. A lot of people are stuck in the past because they can't forgive the people they perceive hurt them. You know, a lot of people have fathers that they didn't agree with or that were abusive or that, you know, they just didn't get along with. And that becomes a way that they act towards all authority figures. Mm -hmm. 
and they can't get past their dislike of their father even 20 years down the line. I know somebody that their father died 30 years ago, and they're still talking about him. The evil the guy did lives today. Why? Because the person hasn't ever got past. They've never let the things fade from that era. They're still living there in part of their psyche, part of their mind, part of their heart. And they've never really forgiven them. They've never really let that go. And so some guy who's dead and buried a long time ago still shows up in the way they act today. And the harm that he did to them then is still manifesting today in their daily life. Why? Because they keep it alive. What we need to do is we need to let all those things be former things. We can't hold on to those. And how do you release them? Well, you forgive them. Mm. Well, I can't forgive. Well, that's sometimes true. Sometimes we just cannot forgive. And that is why God is bringing a move of divine love upon mm. the earth through spiritual connections. Because people need God manifest in the flesh to come to them and to hold them and to give them the courage to let go of these things that affect them from so long ago. And the only way you can do that is an atmosphere of complete trust. Yeah. An atmosphere of utter love. An atmosphere that allows you to open up those deep places of pain and allow another to help you to get over those things. And that's how you do it. And that is why God is bringing divine love upon the earth, because there's so much terrible things that have happened to so many people. It needs God himself to come and heal this generation. Mm -hmm. And the way that he will heal this generation is in whatever way they need. It's not a blanket, codified, collated, systematized theology that's going to heal you. It's the direct contact with the creator of your soul that is going to allow you to get past those former things. And this is vital if we're going to be brought into the fullness and stature of Jesus Christ. If we're going to become into a mature man, into the body of Christ that's worthy to be connected to the head. You know, you don't want a great head and there's a weak body. Yeah. You want a head that looks good with the body, That's and we're right. going to have to up our game. That's right. That's a good point. Yeah, and the way that God heals our past hurts or our or our past experiences or our past thoughts is different from person to person. Look at the way that Jesus healed all the people that he healed on the earth when he healed physical illnesses. It wasn't the same. He didn't have a method that he went through. Every time he came to a person, he, he said a certain thing or touched them in a certain way. Or It was different depending on the people. Sometimes he told them to go wash in, in a river. Sometimes he told them to go get mud or he got mud himself. Sometimes he told them to go back and you'll see that she's healed. There's not a predictable way that you know that God's going to heal you. He, I believe, sees all of us as an individual and he knows our needs and we're all hurting for different reasons and he knows exactly how to heal the hurt. And it's each of us individually. It's not, a, like you said, a blanket way that he takes care of things. You know, the human psyche was never intended and never created to be able to handle sin. And what happens scientifically when we go through some kind of trauma or some sort of abuse or something difficult, it actually rewires the neurotransmitters in our brains and it makes our brain function differently than it was created to function. And so as that progresses, depending on the level of the amount of issues that you've had happen to you, we get to a point where we all become mentally unstable. 
we're all in a place mentally where we're not supposed to be. Nobody has a perfectly functioning mind and psyche because we've all dealt with sin through our lives, sin done to us or sin that we've done. And what that does is it makes us, depending on the severity and depending on our nature and our personalities, we make choices and we have things happen to us that make our lives miserable. And God wants to heal us of that, not just from the external things. If something that has happened to a person in their childhood has caused them to be addicted to drugs as an adult, God just doesn't want to deal with the drug addiction. Yeah, he wants to get rid of that, but he wants to deal with what's going on in their psyche and their heart and their mind that was rewired, that was crossed, that was not working properly because of what happened to them. That's the kind of deep healing that he wants to do. And the people that he's calling to himself are not those that are working properly. He's not scanning the earth looking for people who've got it all together, whose minds are stable, whose hearts are right before him, whose attitude is good. He's not looking for that. He's looking for people who will just reach out to him, call out to him, and want him to come into their lives. And he wants to come in and he wants to fix everything that has happened to us and the way that our bodies and our minds have been shifted away from how we're created to be because of what's happened to us. He wants to heal all of that and bring us into a right standing with him and a beautiful relationship with him. And then let us walk into the beautiful things that he has for us. In the near future, this heavens and this earth is going to, in a manner of speaking, collide with the new heavens and new earth. Because God's people have a foretaste of their inheritance, which is God in that new creation. We are going to begin to live like we were actually living in the new heavens and new earth. Mm -hmm. And the new heavens and new earth is radically different than what we have on earth today. In the new heavens and new earth, time really doesn't matter. There's so much of it, it's like the sand of the sea. One grain is insignificant because there's so much of it. It's like that with time. We don't focus on how much time we have. What we focus on is the task at hand. We focus on the presence. We focus on what God wants us to do now. And that's how people are going to be. There's also going to be love. Love is going to be the characteristic of the Philadelphia church. Love is going to be the characteristic of each individual within that church. And that love will manifest in whatever way God desires. And we cannot gainsay or resist God because he gets to do with us as he pleases. You know, many people say, well, you know, I would give my life and If they told me to deny Christ, I would say, no, I will not deny Christ, and they'll shoot me, and I'll go directly to heaven. They say, that sacrifice is proper, and even though it's difficult, that's God. But if God wants you to do something to heal a certain individual that makes you the ridicule of the town, that's out of bounds. And I'm telling you that God's going to do things in these coming days that if I told you, you would run for the hills. You would think, no, God can't do that. You're worshiping somebody else. No, I'm not worshiping anybody else. You just don't know God. You just don't know him in his fullness. In his fullness, that's the key, the fullness. Christy was talking about the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament appearing to be two different people. He's not. He's one God that is so enormous. The breadth and depth of him is so big that even one little part of him constitutes the Old Testament. And even one little part of him constitutes the New Testament. And another little part of him will constitute the millennium. And another part of him will constitute the new heavens and Mm -hmm, new earth. mm -hmm. It's one God. 
but we're just seeing different parts of him up close and personal. So I'm saying to you today, the former things need to pass away so that we can prepare ourselves to receive God. John the Baptist was saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Throw down the hills, build up the valleys, make the way straight. And essentially, that's what I'm telling you today. You need to put the former things away. You need to get over them. If you need to, work on them to get rid of them. Mm -hmm. So that your way is made straight for the coming of Jesus Christ in our generation. That's right. I like that a lot. It's our responsibility to put the former things away. We are told to forget the former things. It's our responsibility and our job to forget that, to move past that, and to not remember those things anymore. And if there's things that we're stuck on, get help. Ask God to show you how to work through the things. If he wants you to get counseling, if he, if he needs you to get on some medication for a while to get through it, if he needs you to, to really just press in in prayer and fasting, whatever he leads you to do, it's our responsibility to get past the past, to forget about it, and to move on. And another thing that holds us back a lot too, is our past assumptions of the future. That's something that God's really been working on me about, is the promises and things that he's revealed to me that I believe he wants to do in the future. I tend to define that. I tend to hold on to that so tightly that when he starts to move outside of what I suppose he's supposed to do, then I kind of freak out. And God is showing me yeah, I have promises for you, but you don't know the road from here to there. And you don't even really know what that promise is really going to look like when it manifests. Your job is to be in the moment and to listen to me moment by moment. And when I've really started to embrace that, it's really an exciting way to live because I don't come into any day with any preconceived notion of how the day is supposed to go, how people are supposed to treat me, how I'm supposed to interact with other people, the things that I'm supposed to do. I'm trying to be completely open to what the Spirit of God is doing so that if there is a change in a particular day different than what I was thinking was going to happen, that I could just go with it. And that's an exciting, freeing place to be, to be able to just say, okay, God, I'm yours. What do you want to do today? How do you want to flow through me? And if something happens in my life that's different than what I was expecting, then I can just sit back and say, okay, is this God? Okay, I'll go with it. And it's a free place to be because when you live in that mindset, then when God moves on you and says, pack up and go to this place, and that was not what you were planning on doing, you're free to do that. God says, I want you to spend the day in this town that's 200 miles away instead of spending it here. You're free to do that because you don't have any preconceived notion about how your life is supposed to go. You're just listening to the Holy Spirit and doing what he tells you to do it. It's, it's a wonderful place to live. Exactly. And that's exactly how Jesus lived too. You know, he didn't even have a place to lay his head for the next night until God gave it to him. And if he had to, he slept outside. You know, it didn't really matter to Jesus about the daily living stuff What he was doing is he's ministering for God, to whomever God led him to. And he just figured that everything was going to work out. And it did, always. And this is how we need to live, too. You know, if we're so stuck in the past, we got one foot in the past and one foot in the present. We can't walk straight. We can't do the things that God wants us to do. And it's through forgiveness. It's through getting into the presence of God. It's through letting go of those hurts. We are beset by Mm -hmm. legions Mm -hmm. of demons that come to us all the time. And they're trying to tempt us. They're trying to discourage us. They're trying to tell us that we're dirt. We're not. We're the creation of God. He made the universe for us. I mean, we're very, very valuable. And anybody and anything that tells you differently is of the devil. That's right. And when we allow the former things in our lives to affect our present, then 
we are miserable. We have salvation, but we're really not taking advantage of it because we're so stuck in, in problems of the past. You know, I sometimes, I'll just be going along my merry way and all of a sudden, boom, some painful memory will just surface. I'll feel that prick of pain in my stomach and my heart. And I say, where did that come from? That was 50 years ago. Why should I remember that today now? Yeah. That's just that demon just sticking me in the side, trying to make me feel down that day so I can't accomplish what God wants me to do. We're all experiencing that. Nobody's different. Nobody's above anything. People that look perfect are just practiced in hiding what's really going on. Yeah, that's very true. You know, people that don't look perfect are probably more honest than the perfect ones. But we're all in the same boat. The devil wants to take all of us down to the pit of hell. And we need to get past these things. And the way in this generation that we will get past those things is that God is going to manifest in his saints. And he is going to supernaturally connect you with another man or woman of the body of Christ, or perhaps more, and they are going to get into places of your soul that you never thought mm -hmm. you even had. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get cleansed. You're going to get healed. You're going to feel that you've been released from those bonds. And that's going to free you up to do the work of the ministry. You're going to be part of the functioning body of Christ not the crippled body of Christ. That's right, yeah. That's a beautiful thing. I had an experience this past week when I was discouraged about something and I was driving and I have a, a close friend that lives in another country, in the Middle East, and it was nighttime for her and she messaged me and said, what's going on with you? I can feel that you're discouraged. And we ended up talking and I could share with her and she could encourage me. And, and it's a beautiful thing when you know that God is allowing somebody to feel your distress and connecting you with them in love. And the love I have for her and the love she has for me is God's love. So there's a trust and there's an openness and there's an encouragement. And neither one of us is perfect. We both have our flaws, but the love of God can shine through in that relationship and be really encouraging. And as we're moving past these things in the past, forgiveness is a key, like you said, but sometimes we just need to listen to the Spirit of God and see if there's things holding us to the past that we need to break. Sometimes we have soul ties with people or some other kind of connection to someone where he may want us to completely cut off communication, or there may be some other step that he wants you to do. With me, I left a relationship two years ago that God told me to leave, and in the process, I've been in the process of changing my name legally, and the other day as I was driving, God stopped me and said, pull over, and you need to change your name on a social media site where I still had my other name. He said it was very important spiritually that I put my new name on the social media site. That was a tie to the past and to the relationship that God wanted me to break. I didn't think anything about it. It didn't mean anything to me, but it was something that was very significant to God and he had me do it. And since then, I felt a freedom from a little bit of bondage that was still there, a little bit of a tie. We have to be obedient to the Spirit of God. There may be things like that he wants you to do. You might have something that you own that was a gift from someone and he wants you to get rid of it or something in your house that may be not attached to a person, but be attached to something in your former life or something that God says, I want to get rid of all of this and start new. Be sensitive to the spirit, how he wants to treat you and how he wants you to respond to him because there might be things in your life he wants you to change. There might be things that he wants you to not wear anymore, a certain way he doesn't want you to dress anymore, certain things he doesn't want you to read anymore. We have to be very sensitive. He wants to help us get rid of the past and move on from it. And some of us, we have individual things that he asks us to do that we need to be obedient to so we can be free. Well, that's exactly right. You know, it's like we need to get busy packing for eternity. Mm -hmm. And we only got one suitcase. And it's called the love of God. 
and we got to decide what from our lives we're going to take. The things that are bad, the things that are not helpful, the things that are not of good report, you don't want to put in that suitcase. You don't want to take those with you to heaven. You want to take whatsoever lovely, whatsoever good, whatsoever is of a good report. You want to put that in your love suitcase. You want to put people that God leads you to in your love suitcase. You want to take them with you. You don't want them to stay back here and suffer the fate of the entire universe when God burns it up. You want them to come with you into paradise. You want them to be with you. This is the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry is not building things. It's about saving people because the souls and the spirits and eventually those bodies which will be changed, those are the things that will be saved out of this creation. Everything else is going to be burnt up. I see people that are working so furiously to build something so that other people can see they're successful in this life. And I say to myself, this is a waste of time. If that thing they're building is not being used for God, is not being sanctioned by God's Holy Spirit, they're absolutely wasting their time. They're taking time and they're taking their abilities and they're putting into things that do not profit. A lot of these big businessmen that are captains of industry are wayward apostles that if God got a hold of them and actually mm -hmm. used them, they would use their talents to actually build the kingdom of God. But all they're doing is accumulating dust. They're accumulating things that rot and rust and moth just will eat up. You know, in a hundred years, nobody will know who they are. All that they've built will be given to other people. The land that they live on now will probably be sold to somebody else that doesn't know them. What is important? What is the thing that we should spend our time on? And I say to you, we need to spend our time on doing the things of God today. We don't need to worry about tomorrow. Right. And we certainly do not let the past influence our decisions today. We are vessels of God right now. And it's whatever God wants us to do right now. That is what counts. And we need to be free of the past. And we need to not fear the future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If we are in the will of God now, today, doing what he wants this very moment, that is the highest purpose you've got. And if you accomplish that right now, and then tomorrow you accomplish that again, then the next day you do that again, you will be in the perfect will of God. And I'll tell you what, God blesses what he authors. When you are in the will of God, the way forward is smooth. It may find challenges, but God is with you, walking right beside you. And things that would normally destroy an individual who is not walking with God, you just walk through them. Exactly. People don't know how you do it, but circumstances just change. And the way forward opens because you're in the will of God. And when you're in the will of God, you can say, peace, be still. And the storm lays down like your favorite dog. When you're in the will of God, you can say, Tabitha, arise. And Tabitha wakes up. When you're in the will of God, you can walk on water. Because why? God wants you to get to the other side. This is the power that God has for each and every one of us. But whereas the fullness of God indwelt Christ bodily, now the fullness of God wants to indwell the body of Christ. Yes. And so we each have the Spirit by measure. Right. 
But the more that we allow God to connect us with the individuals in his body that he desires, the greater that effect of the Holy Spirit in us becomes. Mm -hmm, That's right. That's what he wants. He wants us to be one with each other and Jesus in us and God in Jesus. And that's where we see the fullness of that. We each have a measure of the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus in us. And when we connect to the people that he allows us to connect to, not only do we have kind of a supernatural healing of the things of the past, but we have a strengthening of ourselves. So the impact we make on the world is even more powerful because we have two or we have three. When he says, when two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. It's not just a matter of us getting together and praying. Oh, here we are together, and here's Jesus. It's not so we can sit in our little room with two or three other people and experience the presence of God. He wants us to unite with two or three other people the way that he has called us to, with the people he calls us to, so that he can manifest himself through us to the world. It's not a matter of sitting in our room and experiencing God more. It's a matter of experiencing God more with other believers so we can manifest him to the world in a more powerful way. That's what he's going for. This is our future. This is the promise that God has given us, that they may be one as Christ and his father were one. Right. And this is the tabernacle movement. The Mm -hmm. tabernacle movement is basically oneness with God in Mm -hmm. individuals within the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. You don't need a leader standing up once or twice a week telling you what God wants you to do, how God wants you to live. Having Christ speak to you through another individual, having yourself speak the truth of God to another individual as God leads, is what the revelation of God is in this generation. God is into the individual. God is wanting to individually lead and guide us Mm -hmm. by his Holy Spirit. We have no need that any man teach us because the Holy Spirit, that spirit of truth, the comforter that Jesus gave to us because he left, is leading us. It's his voice we hear. He leads us beside still waters into green pastures. We don't need to have God delivered through a single individual anymore because God talks to each one of us. That's right. That's right. Therefore, the onus is upon us. Our salvation is our business. What we do in God is because he leads and guides us. If you through pride or arrogance or selfishness do wrong before God, only you are to blame. And that's as it should be because only you will give an account of your time on earth, before the great white throne judgment. This thing that, well, my pastor said to do it, therefore I'm off the hook, is Mm -hmm. malarkey. No, you're responsible. So therefore, if you're responsible, why don't you take control of your spiritual life and start listening to God for yourself? That's right. And we're promised that because Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. He didn't just say a select few who are the higher up in the clergy hear my voice. He said, my sheep. He has an entire flock of people. Anyone who believes in him, who's accepted him as their savior is his sheep. And we have promised that we will hear his voice. And not only that, but the voice of a stranger we won't follow. So many people are afraid to allow Christians to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit because they're afraid that they're going to hear the devil instead and they're going to go after the devil. Jesus promised us that he will protect us from that. He said, my sheep hear my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. When we take the responsibility to learn to hear his voice, to move into him and ask him to help us hear his voice, let him know that we want to hear his voice and we don't want to follow the voice of a stranger. Little by little by little, he'll lead us in that and we'll get to the point where we can hear him. And if we make a mistake, he'll protect us and he'll show us, nope, this is the enemy. You don't want to go that way. God wants us to hear him personally and he will do the work to make sure we learn how to do that. We don't need to be afraid. If God is leading and guiding you, 
even if you have strong emotions the other way because of past hurts or past incidences, you can trust God. He knows what he's doing. He's the guy that made you. And what you can do is you can blow past that fear or that hesitancy or that uncertainty because you know the voice of God. He will not lead you into a bad thing. It says in Luke chapter 11 that if you ask him for bread, he's not going to give you a stone. Yeah. He's your father. He cares about you. He cares about giving you good gifts. The Holy Spirit is a good gift. The tabernacle experience is a wonderful gift. Mm-hmm. It is the presence of God in you like you have never imagined. And this will be the norm in the perfected body of Christ, in the mm-hmm. Church of Philadelphia. The tabernacle experience will cause us to connect directly through God and we'll feel him move. We'll feel him wanting to speak. He'll look out through our eyes. He'll touch other people through our hands. Christ will walk the earth again Mm. through his body. We are Jesus 2.0. And this will cause the common man to hear us gladly because they will recognize instinctively that God manifest in the flesh is talking to them and present with them. That's right. It's a beautiful thing. It's a powerful thing. It's the way that God is beginning to move on the earth right now. And it's something that he has intended since he sent his spirit. This is what he has wanted from the time that Jesus left. Jesus was excited to leave the earth so that he could send the spirit. Exactly. Because he was going for this very thing that you just mentioned. Getting rid of the former things frees you up to experience the present things. Mm -hmm. And the present thing that God is doing is manifesting through his body to members of his body. That is the incredible thing that is about to happen worldwide through the body of Christ. They love as Christ loved. And so even though Pontius Pilate were standing before them, he'll just not answer them. We'll just not do it. No matter what they say, this is how the body of Christ defeats the devil in our generation. It's not through political activism. It's not through correct doctrine. It's not through PACs or special groups that they have that are trying to change the laws. It's through allowing Jesus to change us inside so we won't do evil when evil men demand that we do it. Yeah, that's right. We take our prompting and our leading from the Spirit in every moment. And when the Spirit of God comes upon us, it's a manifestation of love. And it's love like we've never experienced on this earth through any experience or any person. It's a God love. And as God moves in us, we feel that directly from him. And as he moves on us through other people, we feel it from them and we feel it to them. And it's an experience that changes your life. And this is what erases the former things from your life. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're in the new heavens and new earth, our knowledge of this earth just kind of fades away. Why? Do we forget it? No, we just are not interested in it. I don't try to remember the dream I had three nights ago because I'm doing something more important today. Right. When you're in the new heavens and new earth, everything's so wonderful, everything's so right. You're doing what God wants you to do. You just don't have any desire to go and remember those Mm -hmm. former things. That's right. Likewise, when God comes upon us in the tabernacle experience, even though some horrendous things were done to us before we became a Christian, we don't care about them. They don't affect us. They don't Mm -hmm. draw us. Mm -hmm. We don't want to even think about them. Why? Because what we're doing now in the presence of God is so much better that we just don't remember 
the former things because we don't dwell upon them. And something to remember, too, I believe there are people that are listening right now that you've blamed God for the bad things that have happened in your past. And you need to understand that if bad things happen to you as a child or as an, even as an adult and bad things have come upon your life, it was not the doing of God. Although God can always use bad things in our life to turn them into good. That's what he promises when we love him. But the things didn't come upon you because of God. And they didn't come upon you because you were disobedient to God. The bad things came upon you because the devil can see that you are marked for great things with God and great things for God. And in order to keep you from stepping into the great things that God has for you, the devil brought all kinds of calamity and pain and abuse and trauma into your childhood and into your life to keep you off the path, to make you afraid to move forward in God. I know in my life, I took a step of obedience to God about 30, 35 years ago, and I knew it was God, but then things turned bad through the process of it. And several years, a couple decades later, it was not a good situation for me to be in. Because God had spoken to me in the past and said, I want you to go this direction, I assumed that I was supposed to stay on that direction for the rest of my life, even though things got really, really bad. And I was frustrated with God. Why did you call me to this? This is bad. This is horrible. Until I really started actually coming into tabernacles and really learning to hear the voice of God. And he was saying, this is not me. I'm not wanting you to stay here. This situation has turned from what I intended, and now it's time for you to leave. And when I did that, I came into a freedom of God and a healing of all kinds of emotional and physical things that happened to me because of that. And I had to get over the fear that what God was going to lead me into was going to be bad because I associated that situation with obeying God. And the truth of it is that that was not what God intended. When he asked me to step into that, he had something else in mind. But because other people and their free wills are involved, things happened that he didn't intend to happen. So he said, okay, no more. Let's move on to something else. So we can trust God that when bad things happen, yeah, he will use it. He will use it to get our intention. He will turn it to something for good. But his plans for us are good and he's trustworthy and he doesn't want to lead us into darkness and horrible situations. We can trust him that when we obey him, he has good things for us. The Church of Philadelphia is made up of the downcasts, the unlovable, the unlikable, the unsavory people of this world, the people that are involved in all kinds of different sins. And God's going to get a hold of you and he's going to pull you out of that sin. But it doesn't do just good enough to come out physically. You have to come out spiritually mm -hmm, and mentally, mm -hmm. and you have to come out in your heart. Once God saves you from that filth, you need to let go of the former things. You need to consciously decide that you're going to let Jesus live in you and not fulfill the lower nature. You cannot become saved in Egypt. You have to come out of Egypt and be where God is to feel his presence. God has grace, but you've got to work on yourself. You cannot just be a victim yes. the rest of your life. That's right. Victims tend to be selfish. It's all about them and their pain. And all they can see is how badly they've been treated in the past and how many bad things have happened in the past. And they tend to focus on that and it hinders them from moving into the things of God. You need to let go of these former things. You need to trust God enough to come into the light, to come into the current revelation and what he wants to do for you right now today, and not live in a former time of desperation and pain mm -hmm. and turmoil. You got to let go of it, and you got to let God lead and guide you out of it. 
And it's got to be a former thing. It can't be something that you carry around and that you touch every time that you don't feel good. The only way that you're going to have enough time to concentrate on what God wants to do is stop concentrating on what happened to you. That's right. It happened. It was awful. Maybe you were awful. Maybe somebody was awful. But it is a former thing. It is something in your past that you do not need to carry with you. Jesus Christ forgave you of it. Now it's time to forgive yourself of it. Forgiving yourself is often the hardest thing to do. Everybody around you can forgive you, but can you forgive yourself? Can you realize, yeah, it happened, but it's in the past and Jesus Christ has forgiven me. Jesus Christ has raised me up of that filth and he's put me on high with him. How dare you walk with him and have that thing in your backpack? Take it out, throw it over the cliff and remember it no more. You're delivered. You're with your Savior. You're headed for a bright and shining future. Don't carry the past with you. Get rid of it. You got to just throw it over a cliff and let it roll around out of sight and then move on. And this is something that everyone in the body of Christ needs to do because we've all been involved in things that hurt us. Absolutely. We've all been involved in things that we shouldn't have been doing. Mm -hmm. We're sinners saved by grace. None of us is perfect. And if they pretend they're perfect, they're lying to your face. Only Jesus Christ is perfect. And only as we take on his nature do we become perfected. The meat of the issue is to let Jesus Christ replace you, to live in you, to operate through you. Only then do you become holy. Only then do you become righteous. We need to jettison everything that is not of God and let it go. And only through love and only through the Spirit of God filling us will we accomplish that incredible feat of grace. That's right. He says, forget the former things. Don't remember them anymore because I am doing a new thing. And our encouragement and our challenge for today is to be sensitive to the Spirit of God and ask Him, what is the new thing you're doing today? And how can I walk with you in this new thing that you're doing today? Amen. For the person that's listening to us in Angola, I want to pray a blessing upon you today for the courage to believe God. I want you to know that Jesus Christ is with you and that he will lead and guide you through the waters that you are going through right now. Trust God. The way forward is not the way that you think is good. The way forward is the way that God tells you to go because he sees from the upward position and he can see what is ahead of you. Trust him. Don't trust others. God is your God. He knows what you need to do. And just go forward and do that. And that is the way that you need to go. There's another person in Greece right now. And your house is about to be foreclosed on. And you don't know what to do. But God has told you to do something that makes absolutely no sense. And you're just wondering, what am I going to do? You're going to lose your house anyway. Go and do what God says to do. See what happens. Trust God. When Jesus needed to pay the temple tax that... His disciple was so upset about, he says, ah, okay, go buy a fish and get the shuckle from its mouth. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that God can do. So your situation with your house, you need to trust God and do exactly what he does. And don't hesitate. Just go ahead and do it. See what happens. It won't do any worse than what you got going right now. 
That's right. There's somebody listening in France, and you really believe this message is for you because you have issues with things in your past that you are hindering you from stepping into the fullness of what God has for you. And you feel like God can't use you and won't use you because of things in your past. And I want to tell you that is absolutely not true. That's a lie of the enemy. Forget the former things. Grab hold of God for you today. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him to show you how to move forward and move past him because there are tremendous things that he wants to do through you. And it's the enemy that's keeping you from moving into that. And God wants you to forget about it and move forward. And there's another person, actually these two people. You're addicted. You know you're addicted. You can't shake it. And I want you to look at your addiction this way. Your addiction is there because There's a part of you who needs God so desperately, you had to have something that would fill that hole. Mm. Now, it didn't fill it. I mean, it's just like this hole that never goes away because you're not filling it with the right thing. The way out of your addiction, the way to get clean is to fill yourself with God. That's what's going to plug that hole in your soul. That's what's going to fill you to where you don't need that fix. And the only way forward to you is not methadone. It's not more counseling. It's more of God. Now, you can do those things. You can do the methadone. You can do the counseling. You can do the 12-step program or whatever you're into. That's fine. But I'm telling you, the fundamental issue is that you will never be not an addict until you let God be your fix. Mm, That's good. He needs to be that thing that makes you high. And believe me, the high of God transcends anything you ever experienced in your entire life. Yes. And plus, it has no ill side effect. (laughs) That's right. And it's a lot cheaper. (laughs) Trust God. I know it's scary. The magnitude of what you've got going on just seems terrible. But God will come through. He made you. He can fix you. Believe me, he can do it. That's right. Amen. Well, that's all the time we have on another God's Love Club Thank you for listening to the end, your intrepid soul. And we're going to give you another gold star. Another one. You can add that to your growing collection of gold stars. It's really important that you realize how much of an accomplishment it is that you have listened to the end. The things that you are hearing are not things that you'll hear from the average pulpit in the land. That's right. They are specifically tailored to you because God is leading and guiding us as we're speaking. That's right. And if you feel like this message was tailor-made to you, you are exactly right. That's right. right. It's because it it's was. It's God speaking. Yeah. It's not us. It's not anything we yeah. do. It's the Lord. And it's because he loves you and he That's wants right. you to be blessed. He wants you to be encouraged. He wants you to have faith and to buoy you up in the sea of trouble that you may find yourself in. That's right. And we don't prepare a large amount of notes. In fact, we don't prepare any notes when we do these podcasts. We feel led by the Spirit to speak on a specific topic. Then we open ourselves up to the Spirit and just let Him speak through us. So if you're hearing the voice of God through us, it's because He is speaking through us, not because of us, just because He wants to speak to you, and we're trying to allow Him to do that through us. So be encouraged by what you're hearing from Him today. Amen. Bless you. God keep you. The revelation of God is upon you. In Jesus' name, you have a great week, and we'll see you next time on God's Love Club. Bye-bye. Bye.